portion this Shabbat is called Re'en, which means see. I would like to start with a scripture from the New Testament that's, um, I think it is misunderstood. Uh, it's from Galatians 3.13. It says that the Messiah redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Now, there is a misunderstanding in Christianity about the nature of the Torah, the nature of the law, um, that the law is something that has been done away with, that the law is nailed to the cross, and the law is something that we don't have to do. If somebody from um, a Christian background will say, well, the law has been done away with, I say, which ones? Don't kill? Don't steal? I mean, which ones have been done away with? It doesn't... It, it, the whole concept doesn't make sense, but there's a, a, a thought process that this scripture actually means that the Torah itself is a curse. And he redeemed us from that. Like, the, keeping God's ways is actually a curse, and now we don't have to do it. <laughs> that whole concept doesn't make sense, and the, the, the Torah is what tells us what righteousness is, and how to live a righteous life. And of course, God wants us to live a righteous life according to his ways. So it's impossible that the Torah itself was done away with, or the Torah itself is a curse. Imagine that, that the word of God is actually a curse, and translating it that way. Uh, it's impossible. So well, let me describe where this concept that Paul, the writer of Galatians, was coming from, saying that he redeemed us from the curse of the law. Well, what is the curse of the law? The curse of the Torah. What is that? Well, we learn about that in our Torah portion. So going to our Torah portion, it says, see, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. So this Torah portion sets the stage of what it is, this blessing and curse that God put forth in the Torah. It goes on to say, you shall set the blessing on Mount Gerizim, and the curse on Mount Ebal. So there are two mountains. One of them is going to be the mountain of blessing, the mount of blessing. And one of them is going to be the mount of curse. So the best way to describe this, now this is my very terrible early morning attempt at making two mountains on PowerPoint. You'll have to forgive me that it looks pretty terrible, but... Just squint your eyes just right, and you will see two mountains. <laughs> Mount Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing on the left. Mount Ebal, the Mount of Curse on the right, with a little valley in between. Do you see it? Yes. It's very clear, right? It's very clear. So the Torah goes uh, through a little bit of a ceremony where um, three tribes, where six tribes, I'm sorry, had to climb the mount, uh, six of the tribes of Israel had to climb the Mount of Blessing. Isn't that where we all want to be, on the Mount of Blessing? So six of them, six of the twelve, had to go on the Mount of Blessing while, come on, only go once, while the other six had to go on the Mount of Curse. And then it goes through a ceremony where blessings are, are, are recited and curses are recited. So on the Mount of Blessing, the blessings that are in the Torah are blessed will you in the city, blessed will you be in the country, blessed will be your womb, blessed will be your basket, blessed will be when you come in, blessed will you be when you go out. 
So all the blessings are, are, are chanted and recited from this Mount of Blessing, Mount Gerizim. And then there is the curses that have to be recited. Cursed will you be in the city. Cursed will you be in the country. Cursed will be your womb. Cursed will be your basket. Cursed will you be when you come in. Cursed will you be when you come out. And really what this is looking to signify, what the reader is supposed to get, is that we have a choice to make. We have a choice to receive blessing. We have a choice to receive curse. As was read earlier, if we don't do what he wants, we have a curse. If we do what he wants, we get the blessing. So that's essentially the paradigm that is brought forth in this. So there's one other scripture which is really interesting. In Deuteronomy later on, it says that when you cross the Jordan, you shall set up st these stones which I'm about to charge you this day, on Mount Ebal. Which of the mountains is Ebal, blessing or curse? Curse. So they're supposed to set up stones on, on the mountain of curse and coat them in plaster. And there, also on the mountain of curse, you shall build an altar to the Lord, an altar of stones. So there is an altar for sacrifice, an altar, on the mountain of curse. So really, not only are there two mountains with the happy tribes and the unhappy tribes, the happy ones are the ones that get the blessings, the unhappy ones are the ones that have to get the curse, there's this little altar up there as well, which is an altar for sacrifice. So what does it mean that Messiah redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been a curse for us? We see there are blessings and there are curses. Messiah redeems us from the curse of the law. It doesn't mean that the law is a curse. It means that within the law, it speaks about a list of blessings that will come upon you if you keep it, a list of curses that will come upon you if you don't keep it. Messiah redeemed us from the curse. Does that make sense? That's what it means. And it's very interesting that there is an altar at the top of the mountain of curse because the altar of sacrifice represents Yeshua's cross, where the sacrifice was made. So his sacrifice was made on the altar, on the, on the mountain of the curse. So when it says that he redeemed us from the curse in another place, he says he nailed these things to the cross. What happens is this. Come on, somebody. Come on. Hallelujah. This is what he does. That is what he does. Not bad for six in the morning. Bless the Lord. He takes the curse upon himself. And after that's done, what is left? Just blessing. So these guys, I mean, these guys got to kind of jump ship here, you know? They got to go over there and get the smiles on their face. Bless the Lord. That is what the Lord wants from us. That is what the Lord wants from us. He takes the curse away. The curse is what is due us when we mess it up. The blessing is what we get when we do it right. That's the whole paradigm of being under the law. And believe me, I know it to be true. I have Orthodox Jewish relatives. I'm very well aware of the mindset. If you ever see an Orthodox Jew on the street and you're Jewish, they're going to throw some tefillin on your arm. 
You know where it says in, in, in the Bible, it says you shall find it as a sign upon your hand. So the, the way that's done in Judaism is that it's actually wrapped around your arm and it's got a little box on it that has a bit of the Torah within it. They'll throw that on you real quick and they'll have you say the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. Why are they going to do that to you? Because there is a system in, in Judaism, the mindset is the more of the mitzvot, the laws you do, the higher your righteousness. The more you do one more, you're higher. You do one less, you're lower. If you mess it up, you're lower. It's, it's absolutely strictly mathematical. You do one, you get, a, you get a little notch higher. Paul says none of that has to do with righteousness. We get the righteousness of the Messiah. He's the righteous one, and he imputes his righteousness to us. Now, it doesn't mean we don't keep the law. I mean, which part do we not keep? Are we allowed to kill people? Of course we keep it. Of course we want to live a righteous life. But our righteous standing is based on him. That's what it all means. The curse of the law is gone, which means you are left with nothing but blessing. It means that God wants you, wants you to live a life of blessing. He wants you to have a blessed life. He wants you to have an attitude and a mindset that you are blessed because he took the curse away. He took the curse. All that's left is blessing. Now, it doesn't mean you ain't going to have trouble. He didn't take trouble upon himself on the cross. He didn't redeem us from earthly trouble you have to see know that there's a difference between like earthly trouble things that happen down here that are challenging to us and curse which is a spiritual thing he removed the curse he doesn't remove the trouble unfortunately it's not like he had the people write you know financial troubles and health troubles and relationship troubles and employment troubles emotional troubles and legal troubles, you know, these, these things can happen and will happen. In fact, Yeshua said that in this world, you're going to have trouble. But rejoice, I've overcome the world. These things don't go up on the cross. They stick around. God wants you to know that even if you have financial troubles, you are blessed. It's not a curse. Even if you have health troubles, your identity is one of blessing. It is not a curse. It is one of blessing. Even if you have relationship, all these troubles, legal troubles, the government comes to persecute you. You are blessed. You are blessed. You're blessed if there's a pandemic. You're blessed if there's not a pandemic. You're blessed if you get it. You're blessed if you don't. You're blessed if you're vaccinated. You're blessed if you're not. All these things are, 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 trying, are dividing us, but God wants you to push that away and recognize that whatever it is, you're blessed. I don't want to get vaccinated and they're going to come to my door and stick a needle in my arm. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I do know that you are blessed because Messiah took the curse. How do I know this is true, what I'm saying? Yeshua said, Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed 
are the persecuted. You know, Yeshua had his own mount of blessing, didn't he? You know, we called the Beatitudes outside of the Bible. Has anybody even heard of this word, Beatitude? What the heck is a Beatitude? That's what I said when I first heard about these things. Well, don't you know the Beatitudes? What the heck is a Beatitude? Are you trying to tell me that I got an attitude? Are you saying that I be attitude? Is that, no, 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 the Beatitudes. It's one of these words that we've become so used to being a believer, but we also have to recognize that it means nothing to people that are outside of the faith. It's like, what, is, what are you talking about? The Beatitudes. So the Beatitudes, I recently learned this, is just a Latin, it's a Latin root that was turned into an English word that really is not an English word. The Latin words for, in the Latin Vulgate Bible, when he says, like, blessed will you be, or blessed are, blessed are the meek, that blessed are sounds like beatitude. It's not beatitude, but it sounds like it. So it's turned into an English word, the beatitudes. It's important to know what you're saying when you say it. The beatitudes are the, the blessed are's. The blessed are's. And isn't it interesting when he said blessed are the, are you in the city? Um, where is it? There it is. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, the meek, who hunger and thirst, merciful, pure in heart, the peacemakers. Blessed are the persecuted. He said that from a mount. The Sermon on the Mount. So he had his own mountain of blessing, a mount of blessing. And isn't that interesting that in the Torah you have a mountain of blessing and a mountain of curse. And he went on a mountain and spoke blessing. I think there could be a connection to the Torah, that there is a mountain of blessing. And what I believe he wants you to know is that your identity is one of blessing. I believe what happens is this. A lot of people stay on that side. They stay on the mountain of curse. But don't misread this. That, oh, well, we need to stay on the cross. I understand that. But do you know the issue is no longer on the cross? He left it. He left it. He has risen. He has left the cross. He wants you to move away from the cross. You can always go back. I understand the concept of going back to the cross. I understand it. I understand it. But he does not want you to live on the place of the curse. He wants you to move off of that to the place of blessing. The curse was taken away. And so many people, even though the, the spiritually the curse was removed, they hang out here way too long. And they live lives as if they were still under a curse. This is like a religious mindset. That like, oh, you know, I'm doing bad, I'm doing bad, I'm doing bad, I'm doing bad. And being overwhelmed with feelings that the Lord delivered you from. From mindsets that the Lord wants you to leave and live and, and grab your life of blessing and live that way and have an attitude. Talk about attitude. Have the B attitude. B for blessing. Have the B attitude. Are you with me on this? Yeah. You got to have the B attitude. B stands for blessing. Blessed. I just came up with that. B, attitude. 
have the B attitude. B is for blessed. Many people live lives with a C attitude. That they're just cursed. That they're just weighed down with feelings of insecurity and self-worthlessness and fear. Move off of that. Do you know that it says, Yeshua said in, in uh, the Gospels, that we can move with faith, move mountains, right? With a little faith, we can move mountains. Let's shift what that means to move mountains. We need to move mountains. And get our smiles back. We need to move mountains. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to move off of the mountain of curse. The curse has been taken away. Move off of the mountain of curse. Move mountains. Move mountains. God wants us to grab hold that we are blessed and live that way and acknowledge that. Get yourself up on a high mountain, O Zion, bearer of good news. That's the mountain he wants you to get up on. Do you know that we talk about beatitudes? Like beatitude is one of those words that we, you know, we just say it, but we really don't know what it means. You know, it's another word that, that becomes part of our, our dialect or our, uh, the things that we say as believers that we don't really know what it means. It's the word of the gospel. We talk about the gospels. The gospels, right? It's become something that's very, we commonly use. Do you know what the word gospel means? It means good news. What Yeshua did by taking the curse onto the cross so we can live a life of blessing is good news. It's good news. The good news, the bisarah in Hebrew, is throughout the Old Testament. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of them bringing the gospel. The good news. Yeshua is the good news. What he did for us is the good news. In fact, it almost, almost minimizes it. It's great news. It's fantastic news. It's the best news. What Yeshua did for us by taking that curse, redeeming us from that curse. That is good news. And we should be bringing good news. There's so much bad news that we bring. I mean, we become, we are purveyors. We become such purveyors of bad news. Because there's so much bad news in the world. I think we got to turn off the news so we stop getting fed bad news so we can go back in the business of, of purveying and saying good news. Yeah! Good news, Peter Wiggins. That's right. That's right. Good news. Good news. Living my life to the fullest and I'm not fearful of this. Felt the very because I'm fully vaccinated. <laughs> good for you, Peter. See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. I'm standing before you today a blessing and a curse. There's another place later on in the Torah. It says, I place before you similar thing. I place before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life. So choose life. So choose life. So I believe that even with that, even though the curse of the law was taken away and all we're left with is blessing. I believe 
that there is still a choice. There's still a choice to make of whether we accept curse and live under curse or cursing ourselves and cursing others and feeling like we're under a curse and feeling like we're under the weight of, of, of God's anger all the time or the curse of self-hatred or to live a life knowing in your, as Jewish people say, our kishkas, knowing you're blessed, that you are blessed. Remember the story of, of, of um, Balaam um, and how the king Balak, Balak wants to curse the people of Israel? And Balaam looked at them from a high place. And believe me, the children of Israel at that time weren't, weren't very happy. They were dealing with a lot of trouble. They were complaining, lack of food, lack of water, lack of everything. They wanted to go back to Egypt. But Balaam looked at them and spoke blessing because he said to the king, Balak, he said, I can't curse what you have, what God has blessed. I can't curse what God has blessed. I speak that over you now. There cannot be a curse over what God, over you, God has blessed. So before us still is a choice. The choice is still there to move mountains. Don't let the winds of the world blow you back to the mountain of curse. Move mountains. Do you understand? Move mountains. It even says in Joel, multitudes in the valley of decision. That's the decision, the valley of decision. That's the choice. Are you going to choose blessing? Are you going to choose to live under the curse? I charge you today to live knowing that you're blessed. Live the blessing. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. See, it's, he speaks of our eyesight. See, that's our Torah portion. See, I set before you the blessing of the curse. See, it, isn't it amazing how God uses our senses? He wants to have our senses be obedient to him. He says, see, I set before you. It's like when he says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He wants our eyes and our ears obeying to him, obeying him. May we have eyes to see and ears to hear that he took the curse and we, he desires us to live a life of blessing. And I'll close with this one scripture, which is not quoted very often, but it happens to be one of my favorites. And I speak it over you because I so believe it for all of us, for you, for me, for everyone. Beloved, we are convinced of better things regarding you, the things that accompany salvation. I am convinced of better things for you, for all of us, the things that accompany salvation. Let's live that as we approach the month of Elul, the month prior to the shofar blast, the month of preparation. Let's prepare our hearts and recognize that there's a life of blessing for us in the Messiah. In Yeshua's name, amen.